was chosen by God. He was given supernatural strength and power, which he used and abused. He stood up for his people. However, he made many bad choices. You know, I love the Old Testament and I love stories out of the Old Testament because there are so many great stories, so many great characters, so many great people. And Samson is definitely one of my favorites, even though when you look at his story, sometimes you think, why in the world would this story be in the Bible? I mean, Andy Pantley, for the ones uh, that were here last Sunday, he told us about Samson and everything that he basically did wrong in his life. I mean, this guy had serious issues. He had issues with pride, issues with lust, lots of stuff that he didn't, uh, he didn't, probably he was never in a get-free day. I, I thought about that. He was not in a get-free day. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. And so he had, he had, he really had issues. And so uh, when we look at his life, we see that his life really didn't take quite the direction that it had to take because he just didn't work on his character. Samson was a man of great strength. He had great physical strength, God-given strength, but he had a big weakness in his character. And so uh, we, we saw that last Sunday. And when we read the Bible, the Old Testament, we know that lots of the stories in the Old Testament, they're here to warn us. They're here to warn us not to make the same mistakes. So the life of Samson is not, not everything that he did is something that we need to replicate, of course. It, it's a warning so that we don't do the same mistakes in our lives. But on the other hand, Samson, his story, the stories in the Old Testament are also written to encourage us. Because when I read what 2 Timothy 3 says about the Scriptures, uh, it makes it quite clear that it's always these two sides of the story. It says there in verse 16, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. So that means also the part of Samson. Sometimes people say, but why is the story of Samson there? It's part of the plan of God that these stories in the Bible, so there must be some useful stuff in this story. And it says there, and it's useful in one way, or another. So one way would be showing us truth, exposing us uh, our rebellion, correcting our mistakes. That's what we saw last Sunday. It shows the mistakes that Samson did so that we don't have to do the same mistakes. We can learn from him. It warns us when it comes to our lives. And it says then at the end of this verse, training us to live God's way. Or in other translation, it says to live in a way that pleases God. And now my question is, how can we live a life that pleases God? I'm glad you asked. Because there's an answer to that. In Hebrews 11:6, it says there, And without faith, it's impossible to please God. That sounds quite absolute. I mean, it doesn't say without faith, it is difficult to please God. We would love, sometimes we would love if the Bible would be a little bit, you know, less absolute. Of course, it's difficult without faith. We can still try. If we try hard enough, maybe. 
No, the Bible says it's impossible. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what is faith? I'm glad you asked again. So I can give you some answers tonight. What is faith? Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. So faith means that you see things that others don't see. And you act upon things that you don't see now, but you see them with your inner eye. And so your decisions in your everyday life are different because you see things that are unseen. This is faith. So faith, if you call yourself a Christian, faith is not something that we activate in time of need when we have problems, when we need an answer, when we have a mountain to climb. So we take faith and it helps us to take the next step. No, faith is the fundamental thing, says this verse, that makes our lives as Christians worth living. It's like diesel in a VW engine. You need that to move forward. It's the engine it's the, the fuel to our engine as Christian is faith. We can't please God without faith. And it says then at the end of this verse, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. And so we have then in this verse in Hebrew 11, uh, different uh, heroes from the Old Testament that are heroes of faith. So, for instance, it, it talks about Abel. Abel gave a sacrifice with faith. And because he sacrificed with faith, his sacrifice was well-pleased before God. And we know that we need faith to sacrifice. I mean, we were, we, we were talking about coming home. This, this commitment, this four point nine millions that we need to raise as a church to be able to come home. We need faith for that. That's not a piece of cake. Every time the bucket is passing uh, you, you, you need faith. We need faith in the offering. We need to stretch ourselves. We need to be able to see things that are not yet reality when it comes to offering. He talks about Noah. He built with faith. He was building an ark. And some Bible teachers assume that it never rained before the time of Noah. So someone like God told him, build a boat in the desert. There will be rain, lots of rain. He never saw rain, but he still built out of faith. Because he saw something and he started building. You need faith to build things in your life. You need that. We need faith. Abraham, he needed faith to, to move out of his country, from his family, let everything behind, to move into a country that God would show him later. I hate that. God, show me now. Not later. That's too late. 
You know, sometimes we want to move, but not until we know that we know that we know that we know that everything is going to be all right. Abraham had to move. He didn't even know where he had to go. This needs faith. You know, Moses, he needed faith to take the people out of Egypt, to part the Red Sea, the, to, to, to move forward with his people with faith. Joshua needed faith to get the people into the land, to conquer uh, the, the great battles with faith. So we have all these heroes of faith in this chapter, uh, Hebrew 11, and we have Samson. The same Samson we heard about last Sunday who messed up his whole life. He's part of this chapter. We read it in uh, Hebrews 11.32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time. He didn't have time like me. I, I mean, I have a clock here. I don't have time to tell everything I want to tell you. I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. I mean, Samson is mentioned in the same verse as David. And David, I mean, was the greatest king Israel ever saw. So it's not that Samson was not so important. It's just that the writer of Hebrew uh, didn't have the time or enough paper or ink or whatever. Email down. No internet connection. So the story of Samson is here to warn us. But the story of Samson is also here to encourage us to live a life in faith. And as we heard, we need to know how to live in faith. Otherwise, we can't please God. So hopefully, you're interested to hear what I'm telling you for the next 20 minutes. Because that's really something fundamental that you need to know when you're a Christian. And if you're not a Christian yet, it gives you some information for the future. So, what does that mean to live in faith? The first thing that we can learn out of the story of Samson is living in faith needs supernatural power. And you know, Samson, he had supernatural power. He was strong. And because he was strong and he did these crazy things, usually when you, when you talk about Samson, you think about Arnold Schwarzenegger at his best times. Not now, you know, now he's a politician, so that's different. But he was once Mr. Universe. And so um, usually when you look at Samson, you look up in the internet, Samson, you will see all these, these dudes, you know. But I want to challenge this view tonight. And I'm sorry for Andy Pantley who told that last Sunday, but you know, like... Today is my turn, so I can say what I want. The Bible tells us that Samson's strength was a secret. Now, the question is, if Samson, if his strength was a secret, it might be that his strength was not so obvious. I brought you a picture of a guy. I mean, this is a dude. I mean, this man, he is strong. So if you see this guy in the, in, the, in the gym and he will take 500 pounds and just press it like bench press, you won't say, what's his secret? I mean, it's obvious. This guy is trained. He probably eats some uh, stuff that is all legal. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not a secret. Look at his guns. Now, 
I mean, think about me. I mean, I'm well built. If I now am going to the gym, I take off my shirt. I know. I know. Try, try, to, try to keep focused. Eh? Try to keep focused just for a second. I take off my shirt. I lift up 500 pounds like, Phew! you would say, what's his secret? I mean, this guy looks good, but I mean, it's a lot of weight. You know, that's why I think Samson didn't really look different to the other Israelites. Of course, he was a, he was a young man. He was a, he was a warrior. He was, he was well built like I am. But probably he didn't look like Goliath, like uh, three meters and, and like guns like, uh, like, like trunks. He looked pretty much like you and me. And I like to think about Samson uh, like Asterix. You know Asterix? Asterix and Obelix? I mean, Asterix is like an average guy, but he has a secret. And this, 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 secret, this secret drink, when he drinks that, you know, wow, how come this little guy is doing this miracle? And that's, that's the way I love to think about Samson. You know, his strength was not obvious. That's why the Philistines tried to find out what the secret of his strength was. He was strong because of God. And you know what? It's pretty much the same with you and me. Your strength is not so obvious. Your strength lives inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, Acts 1, 8 says the following. It says there, Jesus says that to his disciples. He says, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. You will receive power to be my witness in the whole world, in deeds and in words. So what, what Jesus basically is saying is, hey, you have power. That is coming from the inside out. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives now in you. And that's not so obvious. That's why, you know, the devil, he's too stupid to understand that. For the last 2,000 years, he doesn't understand that every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit because if he really understood that, he wouldn't attack you. Because he, he would know that there is a strength in you that is much stronger than he is. But you know, the other side is that sometimes we are also quite, I, I, I don't want to say stupid, but almost, that ourselves, we don't get it. That we have a power in us that makes us more than conquerors. And to live in faith, we need supernatural power. Because you will face giants, you will face stuff in your life that you won't be able to do in your natural strength. Forget about it. And it was the same with Samson. Samson needed this power to walk into his purposes. And so do I and do you. But the good news tonight is you have this power. From the moment that you're walking with God, that you gave your life to Jesus, His Spirit comes inside of you and is part of your life. The question is, if we're walking in this strength, if we're activating this strength, if we're believing that we have a strength that is not from this world. So to walk in faith, we need strength. 
The second thing that we need to walk in strength is to use, we need to use what we have before our feet, in front of us. I want to take you into an incredible story. Uh, and it's really one of the weirdest stories in the whole Bible, probably. And that's why I love it, because I love weird stories. Um, the context of this story is that Samson, and he told a little bit about that last Sunday, that Samson, um, he, he burned down all the crops and, and everything from the Philistines because he wanted, to, he wanted revenge for something that they did to him or his, uh, his uh, fiancé. And so all the, the Philistines were against the Israelites, and Israelites didn't really like that. They, 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 were, they, they didn't like that Samson uh, brought this problem uh, to them as a, as a people. And so they have an idea, they want to they uh, deliver Samson to the Philistines. So that's, that's the, the context of this story in Judges 15, verse 12. It says there, they said to him, the Israelites said to Samson, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, swear to me that you won't kill me yourself, so at least not his friends. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rock. And as they approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. And now listen. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. And after that, he wrote a song, Poem to the Jawbone. Probably it made uh, number one at iTunes in that times. With the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With the donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. And it says then, he renamed the, the, the place Ramat Leti, which means jawbone hill. <laughs> jawbone hill. You see the Something happened in this place that is incredible. Now, you need to picture that. There's one man, Samson, one man, thousand Philistines. And I can assure you, the Philistines weren't wearing their pajamas. They were warriors. Did you know that Philistine has a monopole in the iron, for iron making? So that's why they were stronger than the Israelites, because they could, they could work iron and make weapons out of it. That's why during this whole period, the Philistines were superior to the Israelites. So they really, these thousand men, they were armed to their teeth. And we have Samson. He had nothing because he had been bound, brought there, and he didn't have anything to fight. So he looked around. And what did he find? A jawbone of an ass. He found a donkey's bone, a jawbone. And now imagine what was the reaction of the Philistines. Probably they said, oh, 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 all back up, back up. He has a jawbone. Hey, he didn't pick up a Kalashnikov. 
It was a jawbone of a donkey. Okay? And I didn't read in the Bible that Samson had 20 years experience in jawbone fighting courses, you know. Because there are some jawbone fighting techniques that you can learn, you know. No. He found something laying around. That was all that he had. And with this jawbone, the story tells us, he killed a thousand men. Do you think it's really about the jawbone? I mean, I have to be careful that this jawbone doesn't break because I have to bring it back tonight. So picture if, I, if I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with a jawbone and thousand people over their head, probably the jawbone will break tonight. I mean, we can try. Björn, you can be the first. No. So it says here that he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed 1,000 men. And probably when the Philistines, Philistines saw him picking up this bone, they were laughing at him. Like, come on, Samson, you must be joking. I mean, we are all armed. Come on, you have something different, maybe? That's, that's unfair. I mean, you, one bone against 1,000 people. But he killed them. You know what? This story in... Judges is an Old Testament illustration of a biblical truth. And this biblical truth, we find it in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12. It says there, For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. This is the biblical truth behind it. Because if there is a willing mind, that means if you, are, if you are walking in faith, if you are walking in faith in God, walking in your purpose, it's not about what you don't have. Because what you have for us, it's never enough. But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. So by sight, this is just a jawbone. But by faith, this is a strong weapon. Because it's not about the bone. It's about God who gave the bone. And you know, so many times... We look at the things that we have in our hands or before our feet and we look at it and we think, this is ridiculous. How good? What can I do with this? I mean, that's nothing. In comparison with others, even less. I mean, I don't have his skills, I don't have his talents, I'm not prepared, I'm not trained, it's not the right time, I have just a jawbone of a donkey. You must be kidding. You know, the Bible tells us that God has given us everything we need to fulfill our commission. And this is exactly the story of Samson. Because you know, when Samson was born, or before he was born, the angel of the Lord came to his mother and, tell, and told his mother what's, what the purpose would be 
of Samson. We read it in Judges 13, verse 9. It says that you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. And then it says there, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So from the beginning, this was clear his purpose. God-given purpose, you will deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now, it didn't say there that he will do it with a jawbone of a donkey. Because this doesn't matter. It's about believing in the purposes that God has put into your life. And you know, I'm so glad, I must say, I'm so glad that Samson's life was not perfect. I'm so glad that the heroes of faith that made it in the hall of fame of God in Hebrew 11 didn't live perfect lives. Because if it was like this, I wouldn't read these stories because I'm not perfect. I mean, you might be. I mean, Björn is very close to perfection. I know. That's why he is your pastor. You really? I can tell you some stories. I won't. But I'm so glad that Samson had his flaws. And of course, we're committed to grow. We're committed. That's why we have Get Free. That's why we have small group. That's why we, we, we live with each other. Iron sharpens iron. We're, we're reflecting each other. Hopefully, we are improving. We are growing in our character, of course. But, you know, God uses you now and not in 10 years when you will be ready because you will never be ready. You're never ready. It's never the right time. It's never the right place. You never have the right tools in your hand. It's just you with His power in you and the faith taking what you have in your hand and taking a step. That's all you have. That's all you have. And you know, we have our jawbone times. I remember 22nd of March, 2009 was a defining jawbone moment for me. It was Sunday, and I had been at ICF Church for about one and a half year. I had never preached on the platform. I was, I was involved with small group and, and college and, and, and did some stuff. And I didn't even know if preaching would once be something that I would do at, I, at ICF. So I was, I was, it was Sunday. I was driving to service in the morning. We had just our 11 o'clock service, no unplugged. I was driving to church, just minding my business, just knowing I will do a welcome lounge or whatever. And then my phone rings, and I see it's Leo Bigger. And you know when Leo Bigger calls you on a Sunday morning... It's not good. Then something happened. So I pick up my phone, and that's Leo, and he was not preaching here because he was preaching in, a, in another location. And he tells me, you know, Nick, uh, we have a problem. Um, Andy Pantley is meant to preach today, but his wife, you know, she is very pregnant, and the water broke this morning. So would you be ready to preach this morning, 11 o'clock? And you know, when Leo asks you a question, it's a little bit like when God asks a question in the Bible. He doesn't really want an answer. Hmm? <laughs> he just he doesn't need the information, you know. He's just like, are, are you ready? And it means like, you better be ready. 
So I was driving on the autobahn, you know, and I was, I was praying. I was like, oh, God, God of the waters. I mean, God, you can part the waters. So maybe you can, you can bring back the waters. I don't know how this whole thing is working with the birth. Of, but, but you're God of the waters. And you can move the waters, please. I need your help. I'm not ready. I mean, it's, it's in an hour. I have no clue. And the message, the series was on money. And when you're preaching on money, you have everything to lose, you know, nothing to win. That's my, yeah, it's really. So I, I arrived there and Andy was still there and, and, and I talked to him and he said, you know, like, I, th I think I can make it for the 11. I, I think I can make it. And, I, and then I'll go to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, God, thank you. And so he made his, his message. Then he, he went off to the hospital. And I knew at 5 there was the international celebration. 7 was the 7 o'clock celebration. And I knew I have a couple of hours to prepare a message. And so he gave me his notes and said, just preach what I preach. But 80% of his preaching was personal stuff. So I, I could make up a story, you know, like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I have debts and whatever. It was a bit too late to, to, to make debts because the bank was closed. It was on a Sunday, you know. I, I had a problem. I had a problem. So, you know, like, uh, I knew, okay, I, I just have what I have. A couple of hours, two fish, five bread. That's all I have. But I have the power. I have the spirit in me. And I have something that looks like nothing. A couple of thoughts. But I gave it to God and said, you know what? It's your business. It's your church. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is just, just the first and the last time I'm sp speaking at ICF Zurich. Who cares? I'm off. Go back to Australia. Or Canada. It's far away. And so I'm sure like it was not my best preaching, probably. But it was probably not so bad because after that, Leo started to roster me regularly at ICF Church. So probably it was not so bad. But, you know, it was all I had. And it looked like nothing. But you know, you will never be prepared. And if you live in faith, if you live that, live, that life of faith, God will always put you in situations where you can't rely on your own strength. Because if you're sitting here and you lived your life until now, relying on your natural strength, then I can tell you tonight, you're not living a life of faith. I know this sounds hard, but that's the truth. Because to live a life in faith, we need supernatural strength. We need to live out this life in the spirit. And then we need to grab whatever we have and give it to God. You know, the two fish and five bread, this story in the New Testament, ridiculous. 5,000 hungry people. Two fish. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I eat two fish just by myself. Not the bread. It's just ridiculous. And I can tell you what you have in your hand is never enough. But I want to encourage you tonight, out of this story of Samson, to start believing that you have everything you got. You have everything be more than a conqueror and you know the story of Samson the person of Samson is a picture for Jesus 
There's lots of these stories in the Old Testament. If you, if you look at them from a perspective from the cross, you see what the message is uh, prophetically talking about Jesus. And interestingly, the birth of Jesus was pretty similar to the birth of Samson. There was also an angel, and this angel talked about the purpose. We read that in Matthew 1:21, the angel talking to Joseph, and it says there, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Samson was to deliver the people from the Philistines. Jesus was to save the people from their sins. This is a picture. And interestingly, before Jesus started this ministry, he worked as a carpenter. We don't know a lot about this period of his life, but he was used to work with wood, with nails, with hammer. That was part of his business. That was his everyday business. And then he started his ministry, and at the end of his ministry, he went to Golgotha, and he took what he had before his feet. Wood, nails, a hammer, and he hung on his cross. And before he died, he said, it is finished. My purpose, it's done. And you hear Paul talking about the message of the cross being foolishness for the people who don't look at this in the eyes of faith. Why? Because it's stupid. It's ridiculous. A king, the king of kings dying on a wooden cross. Come on, somebody. How could something like this save me and you? Well, it's exactly what it does. Jesus built a bridge there on this mount. And this bridge was so well built that it, hold, it held for the last 2,000 years. And if you walk over this bridge tonight, you can have freedom with God. You can be reconnected with your Father in heaven. You can really come home because that's what it's all about. So just close your eyes and bow your heads tonight. You want to respect each other's privacy. And I want to, I want to talk to two groups of people. Maybe you're here and you're, you're wondering, what, what is your jawbone? What is it that God has put into your way? What, what is in your life that maybe you've been looking at it the last couple of years, but you thought, ah, you know, that's not enough. That's, that's nothing. This gift is not big enough. My, my idea is not, not good enough. My business is, is not, I don't know, what, whatever the devil tries to put into your thoughts. I just, I just pray that, that over the next couple of, of days, you have the courage to pick up to pick up your jawbone. Even though it looks ridiculous, even though you think it's for nothing, it's not enough, I can assure you tonight, with the power of God, in the eyes of faith, it's more than enough. It makes you to be more than a conqueror. And I want to pray afterwards that you get the courage to start living out your life in faith. And then there's another group of people tonight. Maybe you never crossed this bridge. You know, Jesus died for you so that you can reconnect 
with God. That you can be reunited with Him. And so if you're here tonight, and let us all close our eyes. So if you're here tonight and you say, yes, I never cross this bridge. I want to I wanna, I wanna give my life to Jesus so I can be filled with this Holy Spirit that gives me strength and power to live this life of faith. If it's you tonight, then just show me with a, with a sign of your hand and I want to pray with you. We had uh, lots of people in the 11 o'clock service, in the 9.30 service, were here and said, hey, maybe the first time in church, never heard about Jesus, but tonight is your night. So if you're here and you say, I don't know this Jesus, I have never crossed this bridge that was built by Jesus on Golgotha, then I want to invite you just to give me a short sign and I'll pray for you. And uh, you can start this journey filled with the Holy Spirit and walk into the purposes that God has for your life. Is anyone here tonight? I mean, if, you're, if we're all Christians, that's amazing. That's great. So I want to pray. I want to pray that we'll have the courage to step out in faith. Pick up what God has put before our feet and, 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 and live victorious lives. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the story of Samson. I, I thank you for this inspiration. This man of faith who was filled with your power and picked up what he had and saw supernatural results. And I want to be someone like this. I want to be someone who, who lives in faith, who dares to take, to take dangerous steps, knowing that you are here with me, that you are working through me. And I pray for you people tonight that you'll give us the courage to believe that what you have put in our hand is enough to conquer, to build your kingdom, to, to come into our purposes. I thank you for that. And I ask you that we, we start living in the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. And I thank you for that. And I thank you that we can activate this power in our everyday life for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen.